Welcome to Parenting Trap, episode 15. Hi everyone, today we are talking about the four different parenting styles that have been studied studied extensively. Um, they are authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and neglect. Neglectful, neglect. Neglect, neglectful parenting. Um, yes. Okay. And um, and so we want to break those down for you and explain what they are and where respectful parenting falls under. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to start with um, authoritarian because um, it's... There's sort of... There, I, I, I'm getting off track now. There's... But... It's all <clears throat> a spectrum. Yes. And so if you can't say... People say I'm an authoritarian, authoritative, permissive parent. I mean, usually people don't say those things. Usually everyone wants to be on the authoritative camp. Um, but the, the, the reality is it's a spectrum and we all flow in and out of everyone. As a parent, parenting is so hard that we'll find ourselves in a bad day being more authoritarian or more permissive. But I think most people try to strive for authoritative. Yeah. I'm not even sure because I think a lot of people do strive for actually authoritarian. Oh, um, that's true. So, uh, but we'll, we'll discuss each one and let's start with authoritarian. Um, so I would consider these parents um, sort of uh, another term would be like dictatorial. Um, rules come from the top down and there's very little room for negotiation or, um, or, or understanding where the kid is coming from. So there's also uh, very little emotional support. If your kid is upset about the rules that you've implemented, um, you might just kind of say, um, get over it. Um, you know, that's, uh, you don't, you shouldn't be upset. This is what's right. Um, parents who say a lot, if you find yourself saying a lot, um, that's not up for discussion or, uh, because I said so. Uh, these these are terms that come a lot of times from an authoritarian parent. Yes. Um, so the parents run the house. They like we are the rule makers and keepers, and we don't take our kids' uh, feelings into consideration. Yeah. Um, when we make those rules, we and, expect them to comply and obey. Yeah. It's very high expectations and. Um, obedience. Uh, there's a high expectation for obedience. Um, and this make a lot of kids may actually end up following the rules a lot of the time. Um, it can kind of go either way. Um, sometimes you have kids that will kind of resist that. Um, and that's, 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 that's going to get really tricky because your kids kind of feel, they might feel like eventually, well, there is no doing right. I'm in trouble no matter what anyway. I can never do, you know, I can never please my parents. Um, so I'm just never going to try. Uh, but it can also go the other way where you have extremely obedient kids. But uh, because you haven't fostered sort of a problem, so, like because you've always done problem solving for your child. This is the rule. This is what you need to do. Um, your kids may not necessarily have the skills to do problem solving themselves. They right. will seek external authority when trying to solve their problems. So they might go to a teacher, 
before actually talking to another kid to try and find a solution to something. Um, and these kids uh, can oftentimes later on um, have, I mean, sometimes it's actually linked to high grades, but it can actually go, like we said, the other direction uh, where kids just stop trying because there is no doing well. Like a B is not good enough, so why don't we even try? I might as well <laughs> just get that F, you know, who cares? I can never do good enough. Um, and, and that's, you know, that is just really unfortunate. I think yeah. statistically, uh, the kids that grow up in this category have worse outcomes, um, than, than, uh, the next category, which yeah. would be authoritative. Yeah. I, it, I just, I also just thought about one thing that you were saying. Uh, so yes, worse outcomes, but sometimes they can be very high achieving. So just, just so you know, it could go either way on achievement, but, um, emotionally they have higher links to depression, anxiety, um, self-esteem issues. Yes. So, so that you might think, oh, that's how I was parented. That sounds like me. Um, and, and I'm, you know, whatever, I'm a doctor, I'm a this, I'm, I'm super high achieving. I did great in school. Um, and, and that's great. I mean, everyone's different, but, uh, sometimes it can have these other sort of unintended consequences of, of self-esteem issues. So yes, just wanted to say that. Yes. But sorry. It reminds me of, oh no, it's okay. It just reminds me of that, uh, documentary that came out and it's going, I can't remember it. What is it? Um, Three Identical Strangers. Did you oh, see that? Oh, I Have didn't. Heard of I it? want to see it. It's awesome. I want to see it. It's such a good movie. It's so <gasps> messed up. Um, yeah. It was, it was uh, basically they took uh, triplets and put them, purposefully <laughs> separated them at birth and put them into uh, different parenting style homes. So they would find someone who was very authoritative, um, authoritarian, someone that was very authoritative and, um, then I guess permissive. permissive. Yeah. And, uh, and studied them over the years and never told them about each other. And then later in life, they ended up, many of them ended up finding each other and then finding out that they were, it was an experiment that happened here wow. in the U.S. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's so wild. It definitely, yeah, it's a good movie. Wow. Yes. Which obviously, I mean, this is one of the reasons it's hard to research these things is we, uh, can't, like, it's very unethical to run these experiments. So we'll just kind of leave it there. We can't, we kind of need to, um, experiment by, uh, you know, voluntary and, uh, observation, which can make research and obviously the psychological field is very difficult. But... It does. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so... so authoritative, um, this, this, this is, is where we fall under. This is the, um, parenting style that has the best outcome statistically and where I would consider respectful parenting to yeah. fall under. So this is, um, it's still pretty high structure. So there are still rules and, um, lots of, uh, so rules, pretty high expectations, um, but high amount of emotional support and, um, parents, when they have rules, they will explain what the rules are and why they have these rules. So it's not just a, because I said so, um, there'll be more of an explanation as to, well, I can't let you do this because, right? And, um, they will also 
be more open to taking the kid's input. So if a kid is wanting um, a rule to be different, you, you might actually sit down and discuss that with the child, tell them why it can't be, or maybe actually say, well, I see why that's not working for you. Let's find a solution that works for us. So it's more collaborative and more um, trying to actually sort of nurture the kids in these problem solving skills. Like we said before, problem solving skills aren't necessarily great in the authoritarian camp, but authoritative parents will actually try to negotiate with their children a little bit more and allow their kids to change the rules if they think it's reasonable. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously I think we can see how that would help a kid develop those skills. Yep. Be more empathetic mm -hmm. to the kid's response uh, to a rule that they don't like. Um, but not necessarily change that rule. So you can say, oh, I can see that you really wanted that cookie before dinner, um, but we can't have it. And you can, it's empathizing with them, but not necessarily giving in. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, so these kids, um, oftentimes it results, it results in good problem solving skills. The key here is consistency. Okay, the key here is really consistency, and if you're constantly changing the rules from day to day, then that's going to be confusing for the kid. And because um, you might think, well, sure, I'll explain my rules, but if they're changing day to day, how can your kid possibly live within these borders that are kind of constantly wavering? Um, and this is hard. I'm, I, I mean, it is actually pretty hard to implement because it takes a lot of... Um, patience and self-control and trust trust in your kid that they are going to make good decisions and that they are capable of of giving you input on on family choices from you like so yeah it takes more time it takes it, a lot of time it takes more time initially because you have to do more work sometimes to find these creative solutions that work for everyone and to listen to everyone in the family and take their needs into consideration. That takes a lot more work, but I would say in the long run, it is easier. It becomes easier because your kids know that what you say, you do what you work, you say you're going to do. So then making limits becomes easier. It's just so hard. It's so hard to keep up at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And, um, I'm looking at my notes down here because, oh yeah. So, and, and these parents, they, they can sometimes um, use punishments. Um, authoritarian, the other, the, that first type of parenting uses punishments pretty often. Um, grounding, uh, timeouts. Um, they might take something away like uh, dessert or something. If the kid's done something wrong. Um, authoritative, this parenting uh, style will use punishments sometimes, but they tend to focus more on rewards. And we have talked about the fact that we don't agree with rewards, but I do want to mention that, that, that that's not an authoritative, it's, it's authoritative still, if you do use kind of, sometimes they'll use timeouts maybe, but I, I don't agree with that and, um, rewards for sure. So, oh, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you an extra big piece of cake if you, you know, <laughs> come inside right now instead of waiting 10 minutes or whatever. But um, it is possible, though, to do authoritative parenting without any of those coercive 
or manipulative techniques. Yes. And I, and I just wanted to say that that does exist there because you may have heard us say that we don't believe in punishments or rewards and think that um, you can't do authoritative parenting with without that, but it, it does exist. So you may still be an authoritative parent if you use those techniques. Yes. I just wanted to clarify that. So, um, and then the next kind of parenting is a permissive parenting. And this kind of parenting is interesting because um, there's almost no expectations, very few rules. Um, the rules that exist um, are really mostly about safety, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. And even then, some of those may even be, uh, you know, you might think that you have a rule and then when your kid starts doing something, you go, eh, actually, I don't know. That's totally fine. Um, so they're, they're very um, willing to kind of make exceptions and reluctant to um, enforce any rules. Well, it's very hard to enforce rules and enforce limits with kids. Um, so it's, it's easy to slip into that. And I think all parents float in and out of all these and whether like, depending on how often you're in one camp kind of defines what kind of parent you are. But I think every parent is going to have permissive moments and authoritative moments and authoritarian moments. Um, I find myself sometimes if I'm, if I'm not in a good, um, headspace, like, I'm having a bad day. Uh, it's really easy to get trapped into this permissive authoritarian swinging back and forth. So you pendulum between the both, um, which is not the same as authoritative. That's, that's not good. No. So that's when you try, you let, you let your kid do something and it just seems like it's too much work to hold a limit until they do it so much that it starts to really bother you. Cause it was bothering you before, but you didn't say it. And then eventually you build up and explode and you yell at them and you're like, why are you doing that? Stop it now. And then maybe, yeah. So, um, so that would be pendulum, pendulum, penduluming. Is that even a word? I don't think that's I think a word. you just made it a word. I made it a word. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's swinging back and forth, yeah. uh, between permissive and authoritarian. Yeah. Which is, would be great. It's, it's, I think it's best to recognize when you're doing that and then try and get out of that trap. That's a trap. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's, it's, it's challenging and permissive parents. Um, they also, they tend to, uh, so they really, um, I think they have a hard time. They'll be very emotionally attuned to their child. So they will respond to their child and, um, child's emotions, but they will try and oftentimes fix the problem for their child. So there's a lot of this, uh, um, seeing a kid upset, trying to avoid any sort of negative emotions, avoid tantrums and, um, trying to solve all your kids problems. So when they're upset about something, you may, um, um, say, Oh, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, here, uh, I can rebuild that with you or I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Um, rather than allowing your kid to kind of just, um, be upset and, you know, I, I, we, we do believe that it is important to allow kids to fail and feel what failure feels like. And I, I mean, not in any time, I mean, I would never set up a situation to intentionally have my kids fail, but, um, these neg negative emotions are okay. 
and supporting them through them is, is what we would advocate for. Absolutely. Yes. That is so important. Yep. Yep. Kids are capable of feeling negative emotions. They have to, we all are. And you need to let them to work through this when they're young and then figure out their own coping mechanisms. And you can help them figure out coping mechanisms. But if we jump in and we try and solve the problem all the time to avoid these negative emotions, then we rob them of that, of that learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I think it can cause kids to kind of bottle things up. So, and I think the very first type of parenting, um, that we talked about too, the authoritarian is common because parents will actually tell their kids, stop being upset about that. This Permissive parent may not say stop being upset about that, but they are trying to solve it to try and prevent the feeling. And a similar thing can occur where they'll just bottle, bottle up feelings, bottle up, um, you know, upset. And, you know, we can't, we can't make our kids not feel these feelings by not allowing them to feel it. They will still have it. They're getting carry this forward their whole life. If you don't sort of nurture their ability to naturally work through it. Yes, because they're getting the message that these feelings are not okay to share with other people. They make other people uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And even that, that, that side of me is unlovable, right? Yeah. And repression like that is not healthy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Now the last parenting um, technique we're going to talk about here is neglect. And this is, it sounds kind of self, <laughs> self-explanatory. self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these parents, they don't have really any rules at all. Neglect um, is, is, is permissive, but without the safety rules and, and even not, I think neglectful parents don't even, a lot of them don't even necessarily take the kids' uh, feelings into consideration, whereas permissive parents, um, often do. Yeah, absolutely. So they're, they're permissive parents will still be kind of emotionally attuned to their child. They'll see that their kid, they might not necessarily get it right all the time, but like they'll see that their kid's upset and try and, you know, step in and fix that. Neglectful parents don't even respond to the emotional aspect of the child. So it's very emotionally unattuned. Also, um, they're very little rules based. So, um, they might provide just the very basic needs for their children. Um, and this, maybe not even that. A lot of the parents in neglectful camp might suffer from substance abuse. Um, some of them might even be just so wrapped up in their careers that they uh, they don't really know where their kids are at any time. They don't know what their kids are doing and they're just unaware of what's going on. They don't ask their kids questions. Uh, so, yeah, this, this would be... Um, this has, has really bad outcomes for children. Kids in neglectful camp, they, they grow up, they'll be withdrawn. Um, they'll have low self-esteem. They oftentimes have poor grades. Statistically speaking. Statistically speaking. All of these are statistically speaking because yeah. I think there are examples of outliers who come from all these different uh, backgrounds and, and end up succeeding fine yeah. and being emotionally healthy. It's just statistically speaking, um, yeah, this, yeah, this is this is not... Uh, there are not your child is more likely to grow up with some problems if they are raised in this way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Great. Now what we'd like to do is, I'm going to move on because what I'd like to do is, is explain, um, we're going to go through some, some scenarios, some, some stories and scenarios of kids, and then talk about how each different parenting group would sort of deal with, uh, this situation. So, um, I'm going to start with the first one and, uh, maybe you guys can relate better to this because I always like concrete examples to try and help, uh, understand things. So let's say you are, um, at a park and you're sitting down and you, you see your kids in the sandbox and some other kid is playing with them and they're digging whatever. And then the other kid grabs a shovel out of your kid's hand and then your kid goes over and hits the kid. Okay. So all this happens really quickly and you go, okay, wow. My kid just slapped another kid. So an authoritarian parent would an authoritarian parent would come in and lay down the law however they saw like the the justice that they think would be right without empathizing with either kid so it would look like hey my kid was using that taking the shovel out of the other kid's hands giving it to their kid or no you shouldn't hit now you need to go to timeout I'm going to pick you up and move you over there. Um, But really looking at the situation, thinking I know what's right or wrong, and I'm going to teach them what's right or wrong um, by by doing a set of actions and not trying to understand where the kids are coming from. So it's missing that empathy piece. Yeah. Just, yeah. Perfect. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Um, (laughs) Authoritative parenting. Authoritative parenting can look a lot like authoritarian parenting in the actions you do, but it's not the actions that are different. It's the delivery. So an authoritative parent might still say, I need to take you to time out because you hit the other kid and you're not being safe with your body, but it wouldn't be delivered in such a harsh way. And there might be more empathy, um, about why, why that was done. However, you and I don't believe that 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 should be handled in that way. Um, no. And so my authority, you want to talk about our, the way we would handle it as an authoritative, respectful parent. Yeah. So I might walk up and I would say, um, Oh, I see they took that toy from you and you're upset. I'm going to move you because I don't want you to hit them again. So you might actually move them and remove them from the sandbox. You might just move them a few feet. Um, and you'd say, I see you're so upset. You wanted to use that shovel. Yeah. They took that shovel. That's very upsetting. And you would see that what's happening for that kid is, um, you know, they were acting impulsively, which is why they hit. So it wouldn't punish them for hitting and I wouldn't make them feel guilty. Like, look at what you did to that kid. No, I would, I would just sort of try to support them emotionally, keep them safe. And when they were ready to go back and play, I would bring them back over to the sandbox and maybe stay close to make sure something like that doesn't happen again. Yeah. And if, if they're safe, I don't even think you necessarily have to move them because when they're that little, it's pretty easy to block hits and make sure everyone stays safe. So I might let them stay right there and cry and just support them through it. And it's amazing how many times when you sports cast this, some of it's sports casting, some is empathizing, some is sports casting because you can say, I, I see you really wanted that shovel and, and they have the shovel right now. They're playing with the shovel. And so you can kind of just observe, mm-hmm. like, 
say what you are observing. And oftentimes that kid that took the shovel to begin with will see what's happening and see the other kid crying. And then they'll start to feel bad. Like this is, I, I see this. And then the kid is like, oh, like they even realize that they are so absorbed in themselves that they just wanted that shovel. They took it, right? They didn't. And then they might've even heard the crying, but didn't think it had anything to do with them. We're talking about young children here, mm -hmm. like one, two, three-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And when you say that, oftentimes they look up and they're like, oh, that's what this is about. And they'll see the face of the other kid and hear mm -hmm. them crying. And they so often are, give it right back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you've, you've like, there's so much more yeah. <laughs> that they learn from that experience than just coming in and saying, I know what's right. You need to give that shovel back or you need to stop crying or mm -hmm. don't hit. I mean, mm -hmm. those things just make the kids feel like, uh, you, and then, you know, I need, I need it. You needed to, um, tell me what to think. Uh, the other one is you're just empathizing with them and letting them figure out yeah. everything on their own. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, and it is, it's tough, difficult and it's nuanced. Um, but the more, more you kind of practice it, the easier it gets. And the more you kind of try and see from the kid's perspective and, you know, from each, you know, there's two kids in that situation and, you know, one kid is having one experience and the other is having another. And, and you, you're, you know, you as a parent or a caregiver is to support your child emotionally first in that situation. But, um, you know, if some other kid is actually upset, you can help them as well. And you do the same thing. You know, you're not taking sides. You're not favoring one or the other. Right. But, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. So the next, next one would be how a uh, permissive parent would. Okay. So are we talking about my story now? Oh, we could. Yeah. Oh, was, oh, you were, oh, oh never mind. We're doing still permissive. One. Oh, the sandbox. We're still yeah. talking about sandbox. Yeah. Oh yeah. So permissive parent, how would a permissive parent handle that? Um, and I would say they would probably go into it and try and solve the problem. Um, and say, Oh, are you sad? Look, here's another shovel, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, don't look, there's don't two. Worry. Don't be upset. We got two shovels. You can have one too. Yep. Um, or they might try and uh, tell the other kid, you know what, you know, Johnny here was playing with that um, and you took it. You need to give it back and would try and ask that they give it back because that's what seemed just. But, you know, this, you know, they might they might even acknowledge if there was a hit like, oh, we don't hit in this house. You know, oh, like, we don't yeah. hit, but, and that's a whole nother thing, but they might, <laughs> they might say that we don't hit, you know, and kind of acknowledge that like, oh, we don't hit, uh, don't do that, but here's another shovel, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry I'm we're laughing, laughing because, because I know what you're we, laughing about. The we. Yeah. The we, like, this is something, and sometimes I accidentally do it. I try not to do it, but, um, I think <laughs> we need to stop saying we don't do this right after our kids just did something. Because yeah. guess what? They did it. <laughs> they yeah. already did it. So saying, we don't hit in this family is like, it's like, well, it doesn't do. make any sense. Like, okay, so your words don't mean anything because I literally just did it and you didn't stop me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so funny. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was just my example of trying to um, think about what a permissive parent might say. <laughs> yes, of so. course. And, and I hear it all the time. Yeah. I, I hear it all the time because mm -hmm. you don't want to be accusatory like, you don't hit. Right? right. Um, so a lot of times permissive parents don't want to, to 
throw that blame blame on the kid. Yeah. Um, but then they're saying something that just doesn't make sense. Right. It's not true. So. It's not true. Yeah. yeah. And kids know it. They're like, all right, I guess you don't, yeah. but yeah. A more useful thing I would be did. to say, I'm going to stop you from hitting or I won't let you hit again. Or um, I'm not going to let you hit if you could stop it in advance. So yes, yes. We'll just leave that there because that is probably a whole episode <laughs> of phrasing of things, the way we phrase things to our children. Yeah. So then what would a neglectful parent do? This one's, I think, you know, they might sit back and see all this transpire and then just be like, oh. Kids will be kids. Kids will They'll be They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Or they might not even notice that anything happened at all. Right. Right. If um, they're even there watching. They might think <laughs> that, well... That kid took the shovel, so they deserve to get hit. And yeah. Yep. That's it. Done. <laughs> Consequences. Learn from it. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's that. Um, I think, uh, so another example, we're going to bring up another example is, um, all right, let's say it's movie night. We had movie night. Oh yeah. Last night. We did. And um, let's say you're about to sit down and you're trying to select a movie and your two kids or three kids or four kids, they all have a different idea of what movie they want to watch. So an authoritarian parent might say, uh, we're watching this. I've decided this is what we're going to watch. Um, so no, no really input, no real input from the kids. They might also instead say, um, well, we're not going to watch a movie until you guys can decide. So you guys, you guys figure it out then. You guys figure it out. With no help or aiding from the parent, they might even walk away and come back 10 minutes later. Have you guys decided what to watch? Um, you know, we're not going to, you know, there is going to be no movie night if you can't cooperate. Right. right. So <laughs> that's... Not trying to... The, the authoritarian way would not be helping the kids work through those emotional um, feelings that they're feeling because this is a difficult situation that they need to navigate through and they don't have the maturity to navigate through it like an adult does. And so if we can help guide them, that's better. So that would be the other way, right? But authoritarian parenting um, doesn't really, doesn't really take the time to do that. Yes. Yeah. To acknowledge sort of the emotions that might be building up between one another. So, uh, yeah, it's... And figuring out a cooperative solution. Yes. Like, just like, all right, deal with it. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it might seem like you're trying to help your kids be cooperative by just leaving it in their lap. But really what's going on is you're threatening withholding the movie night. And uh, there's not a real... Uh, you don't you don't have any investment in really trying to help them solve this problem or like helping them help each other solve the problem. So a lot of times they're going to be pitting against sort of parents and child. It could be kind of an us versus them thing. And um, the kids just all get mad at either the parent in the situation. It can create more uh, sibling rivalry too, because when the kids get mad at each other, it's maybe there's one kid that's not cooperating and the other kids all decide they want one and then one, you know, and um, so it, it can cause problems between siblings relationships make those worse. Yeah. Now, an authoritative parent would um, try to nurture sort of the uh, collaboration more. So they might say, ah, oh, this is really tough. You guys all want to watch a different movie. Hmm. Well, we need to find out something that's going to work for all of us so we can start a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not necessarily force one kid to watch the movie everyone else wants to watch. You kind of need to um, get a agreement. Well, and it it might not, it might be that, that you decide on a vote 
and there is one kid who wants to watch something else and they can't. Yeah. Um, but the difference would be you would emotionally support them through it and empathize with them. True, true. And a lot of times, sometimes that solution comes from the kids too. Like, let's take a vote. Yes. Like three of us want to watch this and one doesn't. Can we take a vote? Or, you know, it could be uh, that you sit down and you try and find another movie that everyone wants to watch. It could go either way. Um, and it, it could even be that you don't watch a movie. Well, do you guys want to do game night instead? Like a, a, yeah. the solutions can get creative, but it's the difference is really um, empathizing with the kids and uh, taking their emotions into consideration. Yeah. And not saying, like, a punishment, like, well, then we're not going to watch a movie. It's like, yeah. well, then maybe we can do games. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. Throwing out ideas and trying to figure out a solution for everyone that works. Yep. Yeah. Um, permissive parents. Oh, would. Uh, would. <laughs> say it. Yeah. So permissive parents um, might do something like uh, if there's multiple TVs, you might say, oh, okay, well, we can watch one movie in one place, one in another, or they might say, we'll watch both movies. We'll watch all three movies, knowing full well that uh, it's going to get done too late. It's going to be past the kid's bedtime, and you're not going to have time to watch all that. But uh, it's easier than dealing with the one kid being super duper duper upset because they didn't get to watch their movie. So that would be permissive. And yep. then trying to, trying to avoid negative feelings yep. um, at all costs, right? Yeah. And that being said, um, the authoritative could also maybe do multiple movies. Well, we want to watch two movies tonight and the kids would make a good case and the parent would decide, well, it's going to be too late to do that. And the kids might say, but we don't have any, we don't have school tomorrow. It's Saturday or whatever. And they'll, um, you know, we don't have a big day planned or whatever it might be. And the parent go, oh, okay. So, you know, it's you know, those solutions again, could, could kind of come from, uh, could, could look like either many different parenting styles. It's just like how you get there is really, uh, right. Difference. Right. Are you doing that because you are avoiding the negative emotions or are you doing it because the, the case was made and it sounds like a reasonable solution to everyone. So yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, this is a spectrum. It's a spectrum and we all go through all of them. So, the time. Yeah. um, yeah. And then neglectful, uh, this one's, <laughs> I was going to tell a story about this, um, because I, I had, uh, there was a time where, um, I did a neglectful parenting thing and, um, I had surgery on my ankle, so I couldn't walk and I was on crutches. Um, my oldest was three at the time. And I think my youngest was napping when this was happening. Um, and I didn't realize it, but the front door wasn't latched shut. It was closed, but it wasn't latched. And he went over to the door and just pulled it open. We had one of those things on the door handles that made it so he couldn't turn the door handle very easily. So he normally couldn't get out, but because it wasn't latched, he could. Um, and he ran down and we lived actually in a trailer park. It was a gated community. So there were, there was not a lot of traffic that was in there. Um, but there was no sidewalk. It was a very wide street. There was no sidewalk and our house is very close to the street. Um, and he ran down to the street and, uh, was playing in the rocks at the front of the house. It wasn't like in the street, but it was right next to the street because there was some, no sidewalk. Uh, I saw the door open. So I immediately got up and, um, used my crutches to get to <laughs> the front and there's stairs, which are very hard to get down. 
and I couldn't, I couldn't get down fast. And, um, I also couldn't pick him up and carry him back. And so I was saying, Jamie, don't go out into the street. Stop, 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 stop. And he actually wasn't going out into the street. He was just playing in rocks and he was kind of standing there and just looking at the street. There was a car that drove, um, slowly because most of the, almost all the cars that were in there were slow. Um, and there were a lot of kids that would play in the street, like older kids that would play, um, and ride bicycles and, and skateboards and stuff like that. And this car drove by turned around, drove by again, rolled down his window and said, your child shouldn't be in the street. And I was like, I'm on crutches. Like, I know, <laughs> I, I know. And he was like, well, then don't let him out. And I was like, okay. Um, I didn't mean to. Right. And, um, and this is, so I really wanted to tell this story because I, I think all of us have these moments as parents where we do things and they're accidents and they ended up like that was neglectful for me to, to let him go out into the street. He wasn't actually in the street, but he was next to the street at three. That's not okay. I know that's not okay. I normally stop it. We have some mechanism in place to stop it, but it was an accident and accidents happen. Um, and it confuses me when people yell at the parent like that when they think that the child is in danger. If you think that a child is in danger, it doesn't help to yell at the parent. You should stop the car and get out and say, can I help? I noticed your child is near the street. Um, do you need help? In which case I probably would have said, yes, please. I'm on crutches and I need to get him back in the house. Thank you. Like, yeah. If you really think someone is in danger, stop and help. help. Don't yell at the parent. And if they're not in danger, then, then let it go. Yeah. 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 That's it. So we can't know what's going on for another parent at any given moment. Um, entirely. Like when we see these situations and we're not a part of it through the whole thing, we, you don't know. Uh, and I mean, empathy is a huge part of this parenting empathy towards your children, but also empathy towards other people. So when you see parenting people doing these kinds of things that might seem in your mind neglectful, um, you know, I would, I would be reluctant to try and judge too much because we don't know what's going on for that family in that situation, in that circumstance. And the most, the best thing you can do is be helpful yep. uh, and not offer criticism, but offer assistance. Yeah. And it's hard. I remember this reminds me of a story that, um, we, this is when I was actually younger. I was in my twenties and this was at the farmer's market. We were hanging out. I used to go to the farmer's market every week and we were hanging out and all of a sudden, um, we hear on the loudspeaker like, Oh, can the parent of so-and-so, um, please come forward. So it was a lost kid. Some kid had gotten lost and they were really upset. And another parent found them, another person found them and then announced it on the loudspeaker. And this happened right next to us. Cause where we were sitting, there was a big farmer's market, but the mom came running up. You could see her. She was like, oh, you know, just clearly horrified. Like, Oh my God, I lost my kid. And the person who was on the loudspeaker with the kid, um, walked up to the other parent and she goes, how dare you? How 
dare you lose your child? They were lost. They could have gotten hurt. There's, you know, there was a couple of busy streets around, but it was a big park and it wasn't fenced in. How dare you? They could have wandered down the street. You don't know where your kid is. That's off. They were just berating this parent. And you could see that she was already so upset that she had lost her child and was so thankful that they were okay and safe. There was nothing helpful about trying to scream. You could tell this parent didn't want that to happen. And um, I felt so bad. I remember sitting there uh, and we, like me and my, my partner at the time, now husband, but we were like, wow, that was horrible. That was so sad. Like we were just like, how dare she scream at another mom? Like, I, it's a story that I've told several times because it's just imprinted in my brain so much too. Of just like, how we just don't know what's going on. We don't know what happened. Accidents that, happen. Accidents happen. Kids get lost. You know, and this farmers market was always very busy too. So a kid just takes a wrong turn. They they get turned around very easily. Kids don't always know like where they are, or especially if a parent is like not sitting in one spot. It's, the whole time and they go play and they go back to find their mom and their mom maybe got up and walked very close by, but they're like, Oh no. And they just, they get lost and it's yes. scary. We're and not perfect. We're not perfect. No one is. And, um, and so I'm going to circle back. And so yeah. that's an, uh, an example, the one with the crutches, that was an example of, um, me being neglectful. I was absolutely neglectful in that, in that circumstance. Um, and if we want to talk about all the different parenting styles, I think an authoritative yeah. parent or authoritarian, I'm sorry, authoritarian parent would probably yell at the child, spank them or punish them in some way yeah, and try and prevent them from doing that yeah, in the future. Get back in here right now. How dare you? you right. know, got Oops. lots of whoops. Sorry about that. And um, I think that the problem with that is the child learns to fear the adult. They don't understand what they did was wrong what they understand is that their parents are scary sometimes so often they will try and do these things without the like they'll learn to be more sneaky about it yeah 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 they're um, afraid that they're going to get in trouble with something they will lie yeah they will lie be sneaky try and do it without the parent noticing or knowing that it's so happening. so it might work but a lot of the time it does not work. It might work in that moment. It might feel like it's working short term, but in the long run, um, I don't, I don't think it works so well. Yeah. So, so then there's the authoritative, uh, method, which would be, um, you prevent it from happening, which I actually tried to have with the doorknob, yeah. but accidents happen. So then I did turn authoritative because, um, eventually I forget what happened. I think you came up and I was like, Jamie, I need you to come up here. It's not safe for you to be by the road by yourself. And I couldn't, I really couldn't get him. Um, and so, so, and then we had to talk and I was just said, this is really scary. Um, if you ever want to go outside, let me know. And I made sure that, um, to latch the door from then on, uh, I was more careful about closing the front door. That makes sense. Um, and yeah. then permissive parent. Permissive parent would just say, oh, that happened. Um, come in, probably, because it would be, if it's a dangerous situation, yeah. they'd say, come in. They want them in. Uh, but they might not... Um, Acknowledge that it was, you know, the, the intensity of the situation, or even have that talk with their kid, necessarily, or... Or even put up, uh, try to figure out a solution for future... 
try and prevent it in the future. Try and prevent it. Although yeah. they might, um, I don't know. Maybe. I think, I think maybe a permissive parent would, yeah, try, I was going to say, say, um, if they were fearful that the child would get upset, um, figure out a solution that won't upset the child. Yeah. So, yeah. And then know. neglect probably maybe didn't even know, wouldn't even notice that any of this had transpired at all. Right. Or didn't know that it happened and don't, doesn't take any, um, uh, Gosh, my brain is not working. <laughs> <laughs> no, no recourse. No, nothing. Don't, they don't try and prevent it in the future. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, oh, kids will be kids. Yeah, I'm not going to. Right. Yeah. So that's, it seems to be a common theme in the neglect. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. So that's, I hope this was helpful. There's a lot of good resources out there, though, on um, the four different parenting styles, if you're curious about uh learning any more about that um, or where if you're curious about where you lie um, and if you're interested in understanding more about the authoritative style and more more specifically the respectful parenting that's what we're here for because we are a very small subset in that big camp um, and we want to address that more in the future but we thought it'd be helpful to give this sort of baseline so you guys know what we're talking about because we've already thrown these terms out a bit and I don't want to confuse people right using these terms if you're not familiar with them. So, yeah. Awesome. If you guys have any questions, um, you can send us at questions at parentingtrap.com. Um, like and, and subscribe, please. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Tell your friends. Comment below. Comment below. Um, if you found this helpful, send it over to one of your friends if you think they might find it helpful. Or one of our other ones. Uh, share it and uh, get the word out that we're doing this. It would be helpful. Be if you'd great. like that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.